Welcome to Just Joy Conversations, where I seek to unite, inspire, and enlighten regardless of what you look like or believe or who you love, one conversation at a time. Check out my introductory podcast on JustJoyConversations.com to learn more about my vision. Hey, hey, JJ Sears. Thanks for tuning in to the fifth episode of Just Joy Conversations. And this time there is no theme to this particular episode because I actually have been getting some questions from people that I felt like I should answer them. And I know that some people that do podcasts every week they only have themselves as the person that is doing the talking and I don't want to be that kind of person I wanted my podcast to include other people because what I have to say sometimes is interesting but I think what other people have to say is even more so and gives us a gateway to unite in spite of our differences that we might uncover during those conversations, sometimes uncomfortable, though they might be. So this week, I'm going to answer questions that I've gotten from people that I know and sometimes people that I don't know, like this first one. This first question was from someone that just happened to listen to the podcast and actually a valid question. And I've been asked this before, so I figure I'd address it to everyone, and just in case you thought this or wondered this and just didn't ask. So the first question is, how can you be so pro-melanated but married to a white man? Well, that is valid. So I will answer that. And for those of you who do not know what melanated means, you can Google it. Or you can listen to my very first podcast where that word came up and I liked it. So I've adopted it as a substitute word for black, basically. means the same thing, though, but just sounds more classy. But anyways, so let me answer this question. Well, I can be so pro-melanated and be married to a white man because... Being pro-melanated doesn't necessarily mean that I'm anti-white. When I say I'm I'm pro-melanated, meaning I am proud of being Black, what that means to me is sometimes we say, oh, I'm so ashamed of this, or I'm so ashamed of that, or I am so ashamed that that is my brother, or my father, or my mother, or my sister. Because look at all the things that they did or that they went through. So no, that's not my story about my color. I know we as a people have been through so much stuff and that we don't have or didn't have the privileges like so many others just because of our melanated skin. But I'm not sorry for that because I'm here, I'm happy, I have achieved and I'm still trying to achieve in spite of that. So I don't believe that anything can hold you back. 
if your mind is set on moving forward, that includes your skin color. So when I say I'm unapologetically melanated, that means I'm not sorry for being created the way that I was created. So that's the pro-unapologetic melanated part. But the other part of me, which some of you might know, is that, you know, my Unity for America Matters motto, UFAM for short, really did mean that we should all be able to get along if we get to know each other as individuals. And when it came to dating and me, that was my motto as well. I got to know the individual, regardless of what they look like, because sometimes what's on the outside is not a reflection of what's on the inside, what's in the heart, because you could be fine and be so ugly internally. So I looked at the person. And so what I found in the person is, number one, I am no Candace Owens. I'm not sure what kind of husband she married. But I'm positive that it's not like the white person that I'm here. And here's why. I don't know of many men, period. Black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever. I don't know of any that would willingly go with me to a charismatic African-American church. And y'all know how those can be. People shouting and praising the Lord and hands lifted up. A lot of people, that's not for them, especially people that were raised in the Catholic faith. So my non-melanated person was totally down with that, had no problem with it, and actually prefers that type of worship experience. So that was unique to me. He even most recently went to a Kirk Franklin concert with me, which actually was very culturally diverse. And I was happy to see that as well, because that was a total you fan moment. People just worshiping one person, and that was God, Jesus, and it didn't matter what you look like. So that was totally cool. Another reason why I married a white man was because when we first met, and you know how you exchange iPod stories, what kind of music you listen to, what you got, what you like, he had... DMX, Master P, Jay-Z, somebody named Prize. I don't know who, I didn't even know who that was. Pac, of course, Busta Rhymes. But then on the flip side, he had Al DiMiola, Jan Hammer, and these are more of on the jazz side for those of you that are into that. Yes, remember that group? One time, one to go, another does it man on one something show? Anyways, Leave It is the name of that song. It's an 80s song when I was little. I knew Yes, too. So he had a good mix of things, but he did not know who the OJs were. So that was kind of funny. And there was somebody that he knew that I guess uh, all non-melanated people know, but I, I had no idea who it was. Yeah, so it went both ways. He knew some people that I didn't know, and I knew some people that he didn't know musically. But that's what made it interesting to learn and be open-minded about new things that I had never experienced or heard. But of course, I like Journey, so I'm probably not the typical melanated person in that regard. 
But he's not the typical not melanated person because he doesn't like Bruce Springsteen. He doesn't like Bon Jovi. He can't stand Def Leppard. So it was kind of a weird little mix to begin with. So that's another reason why I married a non-melanated person. And he got points because during our second year of dating, he actually listened to who I liked. And he took me to see a Brian McKnight concert. I had never seen Brian McKnight. And that was like the best thing ever for me. So this non-melanated person actually did things that anybody could have done, you know, in my past in dating, no matter what they look like. But nobody really ever did. So that was pretty cool to me. We are both Marvel fans. We both like Mortal Kombat on PlayStation. Yes, I am a real, real grown person, but I'm still a kid at heart. So that was cool to have in common. And really what made me like him after, after this was after we were married. The whole George Floyd thing happened. He was actually an ally before it was even a thing to be called that. We, of course, me, had to go out and protest with people, peacefully, of course, but, and he was not afraid to go with me. And so I think probably back in the day, he would have been an abolitionist. And if you don't know what an abolitionist is, this is a learning moment for you. Google that too. But if you want to see it in its visual form, I encourage you to watch the the Good Lord Bird. It's a series, but it's really good. It's actually a true story, but it's a good visual or something to watch that gives you a lot of perspective about what abolitionists did and what they stood for. And so that brings me to another point, which I think needs to be said out loud. And that is that all throughout the times of racial unrest and injustice, there have always had to be some good non-melanated people that helped us in our fight. We couldn't have did it by ourselves. And so that is another reason why I encourage people not to hold the sins of our country against us. Yes, they were horrible. Yes, we should not act like, oh, that was then, this is now. No, we should never forget. We should still keep fighting for equality and justice for everyone. But we should not forget that we had allies all along throughout our history. And there are more, I feel, good people than bad people that are not melanated. And that's just my opinion. But I feel like a lot of other people feel that way too. And I hope that non-melanated people think that about melanated people as well, because there's more good of us than there are bad. Forget what you heard and what you see on Fox News or in the media, just in general. There is bad in every race. So we can't focus on what we see, but we need to focus on what we experience personally. And if it's not your story to have an experience with someone that doesn't look like you, make that a goal for this year. 
for the New Year's resolution for next year. If you feel like, oh, it's too late. I can't do it this year. Try this. Find me on Facebook, Just Joy Conversations. And Joy Wicks is my real name. Add me as a Facebook friend. Then at least you can show some little color on your friends list. If you don't have any, that's a thing to do. Check and see if you do. And I'll be your friend and we can talk and dialogue and you can ask me all the questions you want. And I will give you a real truthful, honest answer about what my perspective is on anything. And my melanated people, I encourage you to do the same. If you don't have any non-melanation on your friends list, why don't you go ahead and make some friends that don't look like you? I mean, what you got to lose, as your old president said. So I said all that to say, how can I be so pro-melanated and marry a white person? I think I gave you all good reasons. This white person just happened to do all the things that were required or that I desired to get my interest and be stuck with me for a pretty long time. (laughs) So speaking of politics, since I mentioned our ex-president, This question was, Joy, what are your thoughts on Roe versus Wade? Hmm. Well, my first thought is to say, you've heard on my other podcast that I'm definitely an unapologetic believer. So me saying anything contrary to what a Christian actually is supposed to believe about that subject would be like me saying I'm a vegetarian and then scarfing down a whole pound of bacon. Those two just don't fit. So there are a lot of things that should be assumed or go without saying. So I'm an unapologetic believer. So that's all I have to say about that. However, I do have to add to that question what my opinion is. I believe that, or this is just a true sidebar statement, even God gives us a choice whether or not to choose him. And that's just the truth. So do with that statement what you will as well. But I want to know, and I'm curious to see if when the children are born, that their parents or their single parent in most instances are not really fit to raise them. I wonder and I hope that people will go out and they will start adopting American children instead of going overseas. There's nothing wrong with going overseas to get a child because they need probably a better chance and opportunity than they have wherever they are. So I totally, no judgment on doing that. But in the same breath, I want to say that I do hope that adoption over here ramps up a little bit because me being a product of being adopted, if you listen to my Unapologetic Believer podcast number two, you can hear my story about my mother who was a victim of sexual assault, but she chose to keep me and I was adopted. So my plea is for people to give adoption a look if you're struggling to have children. Adopt here in the States. You never know what that child will grow up to be. Maybe even the president. Maybe even have their own podcast. 
Ha ha. Shameless plug. All right. What do I think about the Texas shootings? Well, I think like everybody else thinks. I think it was terrible. I will be transparent and initially did think that it was a hate crime. And honestly, we really don't know what was wrong with that person, except they had a little bit of evil in them. As you can listen to my third podcast and hear the perspectives on mental illness and faith. And that is definitely a different perspective on what you were used to hearing, I'm sure. Check it out. But what I do have to say about that is that the governor of Texas, Senator, whoever that was that had the press conference and Beto O'Rourke came up on the stage and he was mad. It is curious to me that those people that were there from a state level perspective got more mad, it seemed, at Beto O'Rourke storming the stage than they did about the shooter doing what he did. So I think that also just says a lot about our priorities and just how disgusting politics as a whole, no matter what side you're on, have become when your political outrage outweighs your your humanity and your empathy outrage. Because I didn't see any of that in regards to the shooter that did those crazy, horrible things. And my condolences to the family, because all this stuff that's coming out about really what happened on that day and those poor kids were there, probably waiting on the police. I just can't imagine that being my own sister's children, my niece and nephew, that would just break my heart. So my heart definitely goes out to those family members. Yeah, that governor hasn't been back to that city since May 29th. He didn't attend any funerals of those children. But I bet you, if this had been something that happened in Plano or Frisco, which are nice suburbs in Texas, he would have been at the funerals. He would have been back there multiple times. So that makes me wonder, was it a melanated people thing? Because Hispanics are melanated too. And I guess it doesn't really matter what your ethnicity is. If you're tan or brown, it just seems like you don't get as much respect as you could if you were not. Just Joy's opinion. And this is just Joy, so I can have my opinion if I want to. Okay, Joy, I really liked your post about people having a Judas. It made me realize that I'm not the only one that has been hurt or betrayed by people because Jesus was too. And yes, you're absolutely right. And trust me, I was one of those people. I used to lament about everything that happened. Like, oh Lord, why do I have diabetes? Why do I have to get sick? Why did he have to break my heart? Why did this person have to betray me? Why did I get bullied a little bit as a child? Not really bullied, but knowing what I know now, I was bullied. But I didn't care because even though I was little, I think I tried to, I was like a little chihuahua, but I thought I was like a pit bull or something. I don't know. I think maybe I'm still like that a little bit. But 
yeah, uh, all these things that we go through, if you actually look, if you're a believer or even if you're not a believer, Jesus pretty much went through all of them. And there actually is a campaign that's going on that you might have seen commercials or billboards that actually say that he gets us. And it gives you examples of all the things that Jesus went through that we're not even probably aware of. Like he was actually born to a teen mom. And I'll be honest, I saw that first and I was like, "Uh uh-uh, that's fake news. Because being in church all my life, you think you know everything, or at least a little bit about some stuff in the Bible. But I had not heard that before. So I had to actually go back kind of do my own little research. And I found that to actually be true. And it's it's really actually cool because a lot of millennials, they can relate. They were born to teen moms too. So no, that's totally not condoning teen pregnancy, but it's basically saying that Jesus, he gets us, which is the name of the campaign. So check it out. Go to hegetsus.com on YouTube and you can check out the commercials if you haven't seen any. And it's really pretty insightful. And my job is affiliated with this campaign and those commercials. So that's why I also wanted to give it a shout out. Okay, next question. What do you think of Kamala Harris, the vice president? What do I think of her? Uh, Well, I really don't, actually. I'm glad that we were able, are able to say we've had a melanated president. I was able to see that in my lifetime. Also able to say that we've had a female melanated vice president. So that's my thought about that is that it was a first for African-Americans. So firsts are always good, even though the firsts oftentimes happen way later than they should have. And there's some firsts that are still haven't been done yet. Well, actually, we got the first Supreme Court justice that was a Black female. It's 2022. So that first, to me, is a long time coming. But yeah, there's other things that we still have to achieve. And we will. We'll get there. Don't stop believing. And Dr. King's dream still lives on. But anyways, yeah, no, I don't I don't really have many thoughts about RVP, except that I will tell you, I like Condoleezza Rice, and I would have been totally okay with her being the first melanated vice president as well, because she's just a classy chick. So that's my two cents on that. That was, that was a random question. <laughs> Okay, and oh, now why somebody have to ask me this one? Let me first give a disclaimer. Before you listen to my answer to this next question, please know that I am answering it from a place of explaining and trying to impart cultural competency and hopefully make you have an aha moment and say, oh, that makes sense. And that disclaimer is for all of my non-melanated friends, because this is a question that is kind of directed. It was from one of my non-melanated friends. So I'm going to address it 
to all my non-melanated friends because y'all might have the same question. And the question is, please explain to me white privilege from your point of view and what is all of this woke stuff, quote unquote. Well, white privilege. First, I want to say white privilege or being a woke person. I don't know why people would take it as an insult to say you have a privilege. If I am slim, but I can eat two pounds of ice cream a day and never exercise, then you know what? I'm going to say I am genealogically privileged that I don't have to go through things that everybody else have to go through to stay neat and fit. That's a privilege to be able to eat what you want and not have to exercise. I'm not offended. If that were me, that's not my situation, but because I got I to gotta work and not eat and starve myself and all that stuff. But if I didn't have to, I would be like, yes, I, that is a privilege. I know. So when people say you're privileged, that doesn't mean that is an insult. That just means that you're lucky to not have to go through some things that other people have to go through. So case in point. White privilege doesn't mean you didn't work hard to get where you are. Or maybe, you know, you came from a modest beginning and now you achieved a lot of things and you worked to get where you are. That is awesome and that is great. And I hope that's what everybody strives to do because I do believe in hard work. I don't believe in handouts. And I do believe that you can achieve whatever you put your mind to achieving. So I'm all about that. But What white privilege actually means is that, yes, you know, you might have had some struggles and some hard times in your life, but your skin wasn't one of them. That's all that white privilege means. White privilege, I guess, let me give some examples. It means that when you get denied an interview, you don't ever have to worry about it if it was because of your skin color. You don't have to worry about your name being the reason why you didn't even get picked for a job interview. You know, if you have a name like Karen, there's black people and white people named Karen. They don't have to worry about, hmm, is this a black Karen or a white Karen? That's just a name that, you know, is a quote unquote safe name. You don't have to worry about it. But if your name is... Kareem or Tanisha, and I know there's probably some non-melanated people out there with that name. You may get overlooked without your resume being looked at, but the name on your resume being looked at is going to be an automatic disqualifier for you. That's a privilege if you don't have to worry about that. If you know you won't be denied residency because of your color, or denied a loan because of your color, that's a privilege that so many of us don't really have. If you don't even know what it's like to be racially profiled, that's a privilege. If you don't have older family members that actually recall the civil rights era and were on the receiving end 
of the meanness during that time period that they can tell you about, then that's the privilege too. So there's so many things that we take for granted that are a privilege. So that's really what white privilege means. It doesn't mean anything more, any less than that to me. I mean, that, that's what it means to me. It just means you might've had some problems and struggles growing up and throughout your life, but your skin color wasn't one of them. So take that and think on it from my perspective and see if you agree with me. I'd love to know. So, and then the whole woke thing, I don't know where that came from, but I do like what it means because when you're woke, that means you're what? You're not asleep. You're not unconscious. You know what's going on. You're aware. So I think being people that say they're woke or that person isn't woke, that just basically means you really don't have an understanding of cultural competency. Um, And that's nothing wrong with that if you want to wake up. But if you want to stay sleeping unconscious, then that's where the problems come into play. And this goes for the job that you work at. If they are still a little sleep and not really up on, you know, what diversity and inclusion really mean, give them a chance, give them some grace, because they just may need you to help them wake up in a nice way. And I know most jobs, it's not that there's a desire to not have a cultural fun, aware environment that just needs some help. So being woke is not a bad thing either. Being unconscious and not wanting to wake up is. Well, I don't have any more questions. Well, actually I did. One last, but this was really just somebody being nosy. It wasn't really a question, but it is one that I know People wonder, like, what in the world? So I'll just say it. Question is, Joy, what is going on with you and Mike? Well, as y'all know, not people before just Joy conversations, the UFAM crowd, you know, me and Mike as Jam, Joy, and Mike. Well, Joy and Mike took a little year vacation from each other. <laughs> To put it nicely, and I'm sure in future episodes, we will address all that and hopefully help couples that went through the journey that we went through and came out on the other side of it okay and better than we were when we went into it. God was in the midst of it all, had to be, because some of y'all women know when you, at the end of your rope, you at the end of your rope, but... God came in. He actually turned things around. So that's what happened. And that's all you need to know. (laughs) Just a party word. Don't ever say never or think anything is impossible. Because I can tell you that I don't love the word or the, the song, Don't Stop Believing. I live by it. And in any bad thing that happens, Don't ever stop believing that it can improve. It can get better. I don't care if it's your health because I'm sitting here today as a type one diabetic with stage two kidney disease. 
had a stroke in November and it was a for real stroke, y'all. Not one of those mini ones like I thought it was. Mm-mm. They said, no, this was a real stroke. And I for real couldn't write or use my right hand or walk really. And if you see me now, you would never know it because I'm perfectly fine. I have alopecia, like I'm full Jada for real. That's another podcast episode. I found out I had MS in April of last year. So if your health is what's got you down, hey, you don't have to let it get you down because God has the final say. And if you want some encouragement in that area, call me. I will make you feel like you are going to live forever because you just might. You never know or at least a lot longer than you are giving yourself the chance to see or the years that you are expecting to see. Everything is in the mind. What you think is what you do. And it definitely is positive thinking that gives you longer life, I think. I feel that because all the stuff I just named off to y'all, some people would be like, "Uh uh-uh, how are you about to be 50 years old? And... That's why I'm an unapologetic believer because I got the receipts to back it up. And if your relationship or marriage, you know, whatever, if you think that that is over and done with, call me. I am a life coach too, but sometimes you just need somebody to talk to that has gone through what you're going through just to tell you to, to keep on holding on because anything can turn around. And when you hear my story about that, you'll be like, wow, that is amazing. And it really is to me because I can't believe it. (laughs) But yeah, so relationships, health, finances, let me tell you, I'm grown now, but there was a time in my life where I would have $10 in my pocket, a quarter of a tank of gas and no food in the house. And McDonald's 99 cent menu and Taco Bell's the same. We became really good friends. Now, this was when I was in my 20s, but still, sister knew how to make it stretch. And now look at me. I'm not a millionaire or anything like that. I'm more like a a hundredaire. (laughs) A thousandaire, is that even a thing? But uh, I said that to say, you won't be eating off the McDonald's and Taco Bell 99 cent menu forever. Keep on pushing for what you want to do and what you want to achieve because I know you want to do something better. Nobody wants to be in that situation. But you know what? I think we're all better if we have that story to tell and that testimony to make us humble. Now, I've never been homeless before, but I have had a... housing issues. And that's not fun either. You know, bad credit. Yeah. I had, mine was below 500 at one point in my life. It's not something I'm proud of. I was just irresponsible and didn't have any real fiscal awareness. But I learned because you always should try to understand what you don't understand. So, you know, financial things can turn around too. Because now my credit score is, it's not in the 800s, but it's over seven. So that's a big turnaround. 
so you can do it too. What other things do people go through? I mean, just name it. I probably got a story for it. And I'm still here standing and thanking and praising God for all of it. So if you're not a believer, then that's fine. That's your decision. All I can do is show you with my life and my stories that have happened in my life that there is something bigger than us. And I just happen to call him Jesus and believe in God. So whatever your higher power may be, hey, believe in what you believe. That's what just joy is all about. Learning more about what other people believe and imparting what I believe. And if we don't agree, that's fine. Still got to love each other. We can still be friends. And I hope you still continue to listen to my podcast. (laughs) So signing off for now, but make sure you um, listen to my next one coming up. Podcast number six with my very dear friend from my hometown, Dayton, Ohio, Mr. Kenny Pugh. He has written a book called, Can You Do It Standing Up? And the it is what you need to hear about. It's a book about a different perspective on relationships. And I have been getting questions about when you're going to talk about relationships, because I used to always post on Facebook about relationships when I didn't have one. <laughs> so I'm up here trying to give everybody relationship advice with I ain't no man, but I thought I knew how to tell everybody else to get one. I didn't have a clue either, but Kenny actually does have a clue. And this will be an episode you don't want to miss because he drops some knowledge and gives some good insight to some things that we don't even really think about. So can you do it standing up? It's actually a book you can go check out on Amazon, and it's a really good read, too. You know, you got your your Steve Harveys out there and your Michael Baysdens. Well, Kenny is up there with them. And so check it out and listen to the next podcast. It'll be out the second week or so of August. So, But don't worry. I'll let y'all know when to tune in, and I'll even post the link so you don't even have to go and search on Spotify or iTunes, you will be able to just click on a little link or go to Just Joy Conversations and you can take a listen. And if you haven't listened to any of my other episodes, help us just to help. Support me. You know, I'm not trying to be Ayala Von Zahn or anything like that. I am just trying to make you smile and educate you a little bit and hopefully inspire you with each episode that you listen to. So for now, I'm signing off, but I will see you on the flip side. And as always, don't stop believing. Take care.